Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. back truth about trucking live and affiliation with truthabouttrucking.com the first come out publicly to expose those injustices within the trucking industry and we also welcome you to join us on our blog at askthetrucker.com post your questions comments get involved to help change those things that need to be changed within the world of over the road trucking and there are Uh, quite a few things that need changing and they have been going on for years and veteran drivers know it they talk about it uh, they write about it they post about it but for too long these injustices have always been kept among ourselves so to speak Uh, drivers talking about them but never really going public with the information in hopes to uh, stop such abuse and injustices that take place against not only CDL students and new drivers, but many of those professional veteran drivers out there as well, uh, to uh, to expose the tactics that some trucking companies use that 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 only continues to put a uh, just a big black eye not only on those professional drivers but on the trucking industry as a whole, and um, you know using new CDL students and drivers as a means of cheap labor and to keep constantly turning over drivers within their employment, starving out many of the higher-paid drivers in order to keep rotating in the newer, lower-paid drivers, Uh, destroying drivers' careers and their chosen uh, livelihood by knowingly adding false comments and reports on their DAC report. Uh, Those CDL schools that uh, tell new students that, yes, they can have a driving career making Ninety to a hundred thousand dollars per year. Just sign on the dotted line and give us five thousand uh, dollars. Is is it all trucking companies? Absolutely not. Is it all CDL schools? Absolutely not. But there are scams in OTR trucking companies, schools working together who continue to be the foundation for the destruction of many drivers' careers and livelihoods. whose only goal is to uh, increase their bottom line, no matter the cost to the new or veteran truck driver. And as long as they're allowed to continue these injustices, those professional drivers and finer and better trucking companies and CDL schools will also continue to pay the price for their abuses and scams, Uh, never being really just recognized for the professionalism, respect, and pride that they should be recognized for within this industry known as over-the-road trucking. I'm Alan Smith, and today is Wednesday, November 4th, 2009, and our show this evening is the Trucking Controversy, Dan Rather Reports. 
literally a somewhat of a firestorm that swept across the net and throughout the industry. Uh, our call-in number, if you'd like to be on the show, is 347-826-9170. Uh, so do you have something to say, have a story to share, good or bad? Uh, here's your chance to say it live on the air right here on Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. So are the uh, are the abuses and scams of OTR trucking finally getting heard? I think so. In fact, I know so. And they've been going on, like I said, and those companies and schools have been getting away with it for just too many years. And it's uh, uh, finally reached a point where enough is enough. Uh, thousands of thousands of stories and reports from CDL students. Uh, new drivers and even experienced drivers show that there are abuses and scams within this OTR industry. And uh, guess what? We're fighting back. And will we win? I have no idea, but at least we're fighting back and we're letting it to, and we are uh, letting it be known. And we will continue to expose these scams and abuses within the trucking industry. And uh, we expect the interest, uh, industry leaders to uh, deny you know, such things, but look around you, hundreds of emails, hundreds of stories, hundreds of confirmation by students and other drivers, and I'll tell you this, there will be thousands more coming, and aren't the newcomers to the industry entitled to know about these scams and things that go on out here? Um, I think they are. I mean, aren't they entitled to, uh, to, to know the truth? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Well, I I think most people can handle the truth, and uh, we will only accept and continue to uh, tell the truth about what these uh, some of these particular trucking companies and CDL schools do against our nation's truck drivers. And uh, it's been going on for too long. And um, are there those companies and schools that are now beginning to squirm a little bit because these scams and truths about the OTR industry is finally being heard? Uh, well, they've been taking advantage of drivers for years, and maybe now it's their time has come to, uh, to squirm. And regardless of these scams that are going on in OTR trucking that we uh, were the first to expose publicly, now another aspect of abuse within the industry recently came to light. And we want to know how rampant is this issue. The Dan Rather reports with Trucker Desiree. And uh, as you know, uh, Trucker Desiree is a well-known and outspoken driver who has joined the side of fighting for driver rights. And uh, she's been driving for two years now and during that time has reached out to help others get through their tough experiences. And she has a blog truckerdesiree.com, where you can read more about her and her experiences in trucking and why she, uh, she chose the path that she did. And uh, recently, Desiree was a major part of the Dan Rather Report show, Queen of the Road, where uh, Dan Rather interviewed Desiree and um, Tom Hansen, a CRST former employee. And if you haven't seen the video, we have it up on uh, the astatrucker.com blog, in the, on the uh, right-hand side column, and it's the third video down. And so uh, Desiree was on Dan Rather Reports, and she shared her experience, and she shared what she went through starting out in the long-haul truck. Let me add that after 
uh, Desiree started telling her story, I started receiving hundreds of emails from women across the country asking me, and many of them pleading with me, to uh, help them get their story out there because they had experienced similar situations. And uh, for those who are trying to do, to uh, discredit their stories, my question to you tonight, if you call in and we have uh, uh, invited you to call in, uh, my question tonight is, are you saying that all of these women, hundreds of them, are, are just lying, every one of them? And if there is only one female trainee out there who uh, was assaulted or raped during their training period, isn't, isn't that one too many? And, but, if, I mean, of course, we know there are more than one. I mean, I've, I've received, like I said, hundreds of emails from women. Desiree, I know, has received hundreds of emails from women, all sharing similar experiences. And um, why, why do so many of them stay quiet? And uh, I, I was curious about this question. So I went back through many, many emails, and uh, the number one reason I picked out from their emails and discussions with them from over the phone, and yes, I've talked with, I've talked with many of them over the phone, uh, actually there's two reasons. Uh, number two reason I picked up on was that they're afraid of losing their jobs. And the number one reason that they stay quiet over these things is is kind of sad, but the number one reason they stay quiet I picked up on is uh, they don't think anybody's going to believe them anyway. So your thoughts, your opinions, uh, let the truth be known that these things do and are going on within the OTR industry, or do we just keep it swept under the rug? So let's discuss it. Call in number 347-826-9170. And we'll open up the phone lines, try to get in as many callers as we can to give everyone a chance to let their voice be heard about this important topic. Uh, we are Truth About Trucking Live uh, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, trucking down the highway. Out of a job elsewhere, thousands take to trucking and the lure of the open road. But are they ready to be semi tough they're going to give you the keys and you're going to start driving. But I don't know how to drive. I never drove before. I only drove around the block. Plus, this man speaks out for the first time about safety and his experiences training trucker There are a lot of good, productive, solid people out there driving trucks, but there are also a lot of people who come to truck driving because it's their last resort. If it wasn't for the truck, they would be homeless. We'll break the news tonight on Dan Rather Reports. Okay, a little audio of what started it all. And like I've said, I, re I receive just tons of emails here. We've been doing this now for five years. And um, phone numbers on the site. We get a lot of phone calls. I return phone calls. We're getting busier and busier where... Uh, sometimes I just can't get to it all. It's more and more, not enough hours in the day. The best way to get a hold of me is through the email, and even then it might be two or three weeks before I can answer. We just have so much we can handle. And um, Donna, I want to bring you in here because uh, I deal with a lot of emails, but I also don't see a lot of emails because you handle emails over there where you're at too, and I don't even get to see those. But when I'm when I'm going through these emails, and these comments, 
about this Dan Rather report with Trucker Desiree, uh, what I'm seeing from what we have here is uh, she really has more backers than attackers. Uh, what, oh, what, what, are you, what are you seeing? What are you picking up? Am I right on that by what oh. I'm seeing? Yes. Excuse me, absolutely. Um, there's tons of backers for um, Desiree, and um, she's on the line tonight. She is one of our guests. Um, is Desiree's line open? Let me do it right now. I'll bring her up. I'm just seeing it there now. Uh, okay, Desiree, you're on. And listen, we also have uh, – we'll just go ahead and open up the lines here. We've got uh, – we also have Tra- uh, Tracy Tuttleham with us. And she's yeah, a great. She's uh, a, let me get her on here. She's a former three and a half year uh, CRST driver and trainer who now works for, uh, if I'm pronouncing it right, Beckney Dedicated. And Tracy was part of the sexual harassment lawsuit uh, where CRST won due to a technicality. And uh, she's married now and drives team with her husband, James. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and open up her mic. Desiree will get to you. Uh, so, t- Tracy, your mic's open. Welcome to the show. Good evening. I'm letting you know I'm starting to break up, so I don't know how long I've got you. Okay. Well, you're sounding good now. But anyway, Donna, go ahead. Uh, I was just curious about that. And uh, Desiree, everybody's live here now. So uh, I was just okay. saying, Donna, if that's what you see, too. Yeah, um, there's, it depends on the the blog. If you look at the Ask the Trucker blog, uh, quite a few positive comments on there. Um, there are some negative comments, uh, very defensive com- comments, people who um, feel we were knocking them, uh, trainers who were upset, saying that it makes them look bad, and defending the company that Desiree uh, works for. It's the worst for. Um, you know, we try to explain to them that it's the bad apples uh, that are actually making them look worse. And we invited them on the show tonight to uh, share their thoughts. But I do hope they call because uh, what they don't have to be writing, they can actually express. Um, now, on the forums, um, I'm speaking the forums, and there's a tremendous support. Desiree and um, again, rather report. I would say 70% of the people on the forums are, which is very high. Um, the emails have promoted uh, a tremendous amount of response for people um, telling us their story. It kind of gave them permission to uh, share with us, probably wouldn't have shared before, and I'm, I'm wondering uh, with Ray if she has found that also with her email that now that, that all this is coming out. Uh, I noticed yeah. on the forum there's a unity with drivers. Uh, they're, they're very excited at, um, you know, they've known all the Bell Mills for, for years. Uh, it frustrates them. They don't want to. They don't want to be on the road with unsafe drivers. Uh, owner operators surely don't want to uh, compete with student drivers. And the truth is, the student drivers themselves want to learn how to drive. They still cheated out there, spending between five and seven thousand dollars. Uh, for a CDL, and then they have to go on the road, and they don't know what they're doing. 
they end up with a trainer, and because they're vulnerable in that situation, um, you have to drive, and you're pretty much at the mercy of the person that's, uh, that's next to you, training you. And uh, thank, thank God we do have wonderful trainers that don't take advantage of that uh, that situation. But even if five or ten percent do take advantage of people who are that vulnerable, then that's way too much. And that's what we want to discuss now for CDL Mills and the training situation. So I think I've, um, I've covered pretty much, you know, the, the different aspects of all the different kinds of response, blog, email, forums, and so forth. Um, you want to add anything to that? Anybody, you know, Tracy or Desiree? Well, I think Tracy, because she's got a bad signal and we've had such a hard time um, being able to connect with her, and I want to tell everybody that Tracy um, posted on my WordPress. That's how I put her in contact with the Dan Rather people, and she was interviewed by them but did not get into a lot of stuff did not make it into the final edit but Tracy has been a trainer she has been harassed she's got a lot more experience than I have and a lot of people have taken upon themselves to attack me just on the fact that I've only been in this business for two years but there's actually been a number of women who have contacted me who have been in this business for 20 in fact, I had somebody contact me on Twitter yesterday who worked for my company for 11 years and worked for CRST and saw me on Dan Rather and found me on Twitter and was like, I just had to meet, you know, meet you. You know, you did great. Okay, so there's a lot of women out there, and they are just waiting for this scab to get busted open and be able to have a chance to say, yeah, that happened to me also. So anyway, Tracy, as a, uh, from a trainer, me and you have talked on the phone a couple times, but I know you got bad service, so maybe you could tell us a couple things about that we didn't get to hear in the Dan Rather thing that we should have known being a trainer and what you experienced. Yeah, well, one thing I think is that I think a lot of women do not tell what goes on in the truck because this is, you know, in most people's minds' eyes, this is a man's job, just like a nursing job is a woman's job, and they don't want to be looked down upon because they can't handle it. That's what I hear a lot. Well, you know, you can't handle it, you're too little, you're fish, that, and I can handle it, and a lot of women can handle it. The men and women alike, there's a lot of women that have learned how to drive a truck, but can they actually handle being a truck driver? Not really. But with the training aspect and being on both sides of it, you are literally forced into a four-by-four cubicle out in the middle of nowhere. And some of these women, like myself, had never been away from home, been away from family. And here you are with this person who's more or less a total stranger, and you're totally counting on them. They tell you things, like they're going to leave you. I've been left. I've been left to truck stop. I've, you know, just abandoned there with my stuff. So it's, it's hard. I've, I've had co-drivers abuse me. I've had my lead driver abuse me physically to the point where he put bruises on me. I've even had a student 
um, broke me thinking that that was okay. And it's just, it's just not okay. And these women are left to their own defense. The company really needs to find a female advocate to go into these orientation classes and say, hey, this is me, this is my phone number, you can call me 24-7 to tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. Instead of just getting a hold of that dispatcher who is a 22-year-old kid that doesn't give a crap, you know, right. and that's, that's what it is. I mean, you wait on hold for a half hour to speak to a 22-year-old who doesn't care except about getting out of work so we can go get a beer. And that's what these women are facing. And even some of the men, you know, I've trained young men that were all but lost. Some of them had nothing with them but a bag of clothes, and that's all they owned. Their family had abandoned them. And so they're at the destitution of the company. These companies are paying 22 cents a mile, and, and that's nothing. Once they take taxes and insurance out of that, they have nothing and continue to have nothing. They really need to research these things, but they're at the mercy of these companies. Mhm. It's a, that's that is that covers all of the different angles, you know. And I want and I want to say one thing to the to the people that are listening right now. I don't think Tracy that you've ever had the chance to ever read my entire student trucker story, and you pretty much covered all of those things in there. The young dispatchers that are totally unprepared untrained, don't answer the phone, and don't care, and, the you know, the be I can't even tell you how many times I've heard girls say they were left, their, th- their clothes were thrown off, um, the guy or the girl, this happens, this happens same, same sex also, this kind of stuff. It has to do with, it's a control thing, it's a power thing, so even if the, some, the other person has had, um, They've been on the truck before that they call a lead driver or they were assigned the truck prior. They have some sort of feeling that the truck is theirs. Um, and then they have this little power trip that they're going through, you know. And when you have no support from your company, then that is when this whole thing unravels. And much of this goes on because there's no company support. And there's especially no company support after hours. And this stuff always seems to happen after hours and on weekend when there's nobody there that will answer the phone and care less that you are stranded in the desert. Even if you do get them to answer, they leave a note or they don't even leave a note. No one knows about it. You're waiting for Monday morning for someone mm-hmm. to come and rescue you. Monday yeah. morning for a rescue, and then there's nothing because nobody said anything to anybody. Yeah. There's no communication. The left hand does not know what the right hand is doing, and they could care less anyway. Um, some of the snide remarks that I've seen come over the Qualcomm are so provocative that it's, it, you know, at my company, the the dispatchers stand in front and smoke cigarettes with their name tags turned around backwards. They know they probably get somebody to jump on top of them and strangle them to death for some of the things that they've done if anybody knew their name. I mean, but why run a company like that? And um, to me, it was, a, it, it was a major slap in the face to come to a company that was using religion to sell its 
product, basically brand its name with the Bible and have this sort of conduct going on where you are actually provoking and conducting psychological warfare on people who were so down and out and desperate that they didn't have anyone that would fight for them. That really, really uh, scratched at my nerves to see that some of the people, there, there are some people that really do not understand the brevity of what is going on to the drivers, and there's people that are in total denial, and there's people that actually seem to get off on it. And it's that poor communication in this system that makes this like a perfect storm um, where all this chaos is conducted. But it, it, it's real people's lives. And, and it was just... It was just silliness when the thing happened to me with the de- in the desert with the um, high-security freight. I said, what does the shipper of this high-security freight, what would this shipper think? That they made me go through all of these high-security measures to be photographed and have my driver's license be shown with this high-dollar freight. They were so concerned it made it to his destination intact. Do they have any idea what has gone on and transpired once it left their driveway? I wonder if they would ever do business with my company again if they knew. That's what the thing is, the freight made it there safe and sound and on time. They don't care either. Yeah, they don't care because they never know. And and part of the strategy I used on Twitter was I did not talk to other truckers. I talked to people in the supply chain, in logistics, people that are part of the system that makes the transportation industry turn a profit. And those people were interested in what I was saying, and they were interested to be able to actually have a conversation with a trucker instantaneously while I was moving freight, and that was, and and they're the other part of the supply chain. And that is how I started to network Trucker Desiree into Twitter and bring this message out of the trucking industry and into people's minds who actually make things happen. Um, I want to bring so many things to, to bring up. Um, first of all, most most of the people who enter into trucking um, don't have a clue what they're getting into. And um, I know Alan, in, in his book, tried to explain to people what the lifestyle is uh, he didn't get into um, a lot of things that, that you did with, um, you know, specifics like you did uh, with your training and so forth experiences. However, he tried to paint a picture. And this, I believe, has caused a really tremendous 125 turnover rate. Um, you know, you're just getting more students in, and they'll either take it uh so they leave and the support coming in. Um, that's one aspect of it. Um, you've got 
so many, so many things. What we need to know is that there are good school training, good companies um, training, and wire based and some aren't. I know Tracy was telling me earlier there's a, a company that actually has the, the trainer sleep in a motel. Weren't you telling me that, Tracy? Yes, um, it's uh, Wiley Trucking, and they do a flatbed, and their um, their first week that they have a trainer with them, the trainer stays in a motel. The trainer does not stay in the truck when the truck is parked for the night. That way the, the students see what it's like. And that's, no one realizes the college the only that you come into with this job. So, I mean, there are solid companies out there, you know, doing their job and making sure. Uh, one of the things I think... What's that, Donna? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Okay, yeah, I sound better now. It's been kind of hard to hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah, you do sound better. You were breaking up a lot before. Oh, Okay. Um, well, what do you, you know, we have to come up with solutions. Uh, I want to, I'm wondering how far up on the um, chain do does this go up within the company? If they're even aware, high up there, if the people in between are are hiding things or, uh, or it, are they aware that all this is going on themselves? What do you think? I believe it's CRST. It, they know all the way to the top. They know exactly what is going on. Um, at the main office there in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, the president sits in a higher office above. He can see the parking lot. He can see what goes on. Um, there has been physical battles and confrontations right there in the parking lot, right under his office. He calls safe. He calls the safety manager, and they go out and straighten it out, and he pretends like he's never seen a thing. Yeah, it, and, and it I, our CEO the same way. He gets on the weekly address every week, and he prays for everybody, But he, and he commits to CARE, which our company acronym, but he is the most unavailable person. I've been tried to see him in his office, and he's always slipping down the hallway and down the elevator, just has to go with a big smile on his face. Now, he does pop into orientation, but um, I don't I, I don't think anything that he says is genuine, and not one single thing. I, he sent a thing out at Christmas time, last Christmas saying, you know, we are going to have some rocky times ahead due to the economy, and please send me an email say you commit to care and I did right away with a letter that said really I do I'm I'm down for for you know pay three pay cuts and everything um, because I've met a lot of very nice people at my company that I believe have no clue what is going on and they really really believe that they're doing the right thing and they're not and I don't trust him he could have changed lots of things. This thing with us getting charged idle. Now, personally, I've never been charged idle, but I know people that are making nothing 
uh, they've got so many nickel and dime schemes against these people that are already making nothing. If you can't cut a deal to broker freight and we're working for 27 cents a mile, then you've got a real problem there. You've got a real problem when you can't negotiate for freight when we're already working for way, way below the norm. You know, it's time to downsize it. It's time to check with reality, people. Okay, because you've got an indentured servitude operation running. Now, here, here, here's the thing. Now, the uh, I mean, as far as CRST and these companies, I mean, they're they're not here to defend themselves. But you know, Tracy, too. I was um, I look at these numbers like the thing with CRST that happened, um, and you know, it's no secret. Everybody knows it. It's all public. Mm-hmm. Uh, 270 complaints came forward against one company, and it, and it was thrown out. So, I mean, you know, I'll give them that. So we're never going to hear their testimony. It's never going to go to a jury. So we don't, you know, I don't know if, if all those 270 complaints were real. But but if you look at it, there's hundreds of thousands of trucking companies across the United States. We did have 270 complaints against just one company out of hundreds of thousands that are out there. To me, that's a number that really can't be ignored, don't you think? This is true. And of the 270, um, once depositions were done, they brought it to 63. They had 63 women that both sides believed what had happened to them happened. And that's not saying that the other women were unbelievable. Maybe they got nervous. Maybe they just didn't have the evidence or anything like that. Um, my trainer wrote me love letters. I had photographs of the bruise on my leg. You know, um, he had met up with uh, another friend of mine and I, and so they knew that things were going well, just that there's nobody to tell. Um, we had been in a couple of the um, yards, but there's nobody there. It's the middle of the night. It's not like there's someone there 24 7. There's no one to talk to about it. Well, now, a lot of those women, they were thrown out, wasn't admitted because uh, they didn't report in time, which is, a, you know, another tactic, too. Let mm-hmm. me open up this one line here. I want to try to get all the callers we can. Uh, I don't know your uh, area code or number because it's coming up as all unknown, but uh, if you're, uh, you're, the hand just popped up, so if you're wanting to talk, uh, you're live on the air, so go ahead. If you just called the show, go ahead and speak. You're on the air. Okay, I'm going to give you one more time. You oh, I'm sorry. The... I'm sorry. I'm I'm doing something. I'm sorry. Oh, is that you? Yes. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> sometimes it's kind of hard to follow here, and it's, sometimes it's hard for me to hear. But, uh, yeah, you're a new caller that popped up, but it's coming up unknown. So welcome to the show. What's going on? Oh, I was, I actually kind of missed some of it because I had to park, so I was just listening to what y'all were saying to catch up first. Oh, okay. Well, I saw um, you must have punched one because you said you wanted to speak to the hose, but you're just still, we'll go ahead and leave your mic open. If you have anything to add, just feel free, okay? Okay, thank you. And who am I talking to? Well, I'm Alan. This is Truth About Trucking Live. We have Trucker Desiree and, uh, uh, Tracy Ham on here, and Donna's here, and we're all uh, a lot of people in the chat room, and we're just talking about this uh, Dan Rather reports and uh, getting everybody's thoughts about it. 
Oh, okay. Well, you're talking to Cherie from Covenant Transport, too. Oh, okay. Well, glad to have you here, and uh, uh, I'll just leave your mic on, or if you want me to mute you, just let me know. But um, we were just talking about the uh, case with CRST that got thrown out, and Tracy, I know that a bunch of those, like I said, weren't admissible because um, you have to uh, follow company policy and you have to submit the reports and all that paperwork and stuff on time. And so the company sometimes can delay that. I'm not saying CRST, but companies can delay that. And so the judge looks at it and say, well, you didn't follow procedure. You didn't, um, you know, uh, report this stuff in, on time. And that's why a lot of them was thrown out. Yes, that is. Um, I know that I went ahead and called my company while I was still on the road, and they actually did a, oh, they called it a rescue. Uh, they sent a bus ticket, and they actually had my lead driver abuser take me to the bus station. At the time, he had no idea that he was in somewhat of trouble. But all they did to him was they gave him six months probation without a student. And um, then they turned right around after six months, let him train another female, and, and he did it again. And, and he did and it again. Yep, and that's when they let him fire. Hi, Cherie. Yes. Hi, are you've been posting on the blog? Is this the Cherie that's been posting on the blog? It sure is. Well, thanks for calling tonight. Um, I was hoping that somebody who was posting would call. Oh, this and is Cherie. Yes. Yes, this is this is Cherie, the one who y'all kind of got nasty with today, no, or no, whenever no. y'all whenever y'all posted. I really um been looking at it as I can because I've been running. But somebody had made a comment about me um, posting the real name of one of the people. Okay, yeah. well, that wasn't, a, okay, that wasn't a nasty well, well, wait. comment. That, no, I was, that, let me say this. It, that person did personally give me permission to give his real name. Because I don't know how to spell his last name, I did not put it. Okay, no, but, but yeah, what, what I'm telling you yeah. is, hold on, what I'm telling you is, uh, and I'm not going to get into a nasty session with y'all. No, I'm not. Just I'm, some I'm, just, of I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. See, I can mute you any minute I want. What I'm trying to get across here is that's how we moderate our blog. So we don't know that that person gave you permission, and uh, we just do that for protection. So anyway, that's what I'm trying to get out. So now I'll bring your mic back up. That's understood. That is completely understood. Okay. But I do have a comment. I do have a comment about Desiree, as far as her um, stating that me and Greg are so interested in your rape case. I would like to say I never asked about your rape case. I did read it, but I'm gonna put it like this: that is a crime against you and your children, and I would never go into that with you. My concern is is how you're telling your story. Okay, Cherie, Greg specifically asked about that rape case, and you were specifically asking about Tony. And Tony is the only person who ever knew about that incident and how it affected me during my student trucking period. And he is mentioned in that section, in that post. And that's okay. why I addressed both of you in that post, 
because Greg had made a couple posts over the weekend. And you have to understand, I drive a full shift every single day I have a load. Plus, I have all my responsibilities on Twitter. Plus, I answer several emails personally on my WordPress and Ask the Trucker, two trucking forums, and a couple other blogs. So I don't really have time to write a personal post to every single person. For the, for, since that Down Rather show came out, my entire day has been occupied with answering emails from so many different blogs, and a lot of them are repetitive. Many, many of the, of the emails that I get are repetitive, and they keep asking me the same questions over and over and trying to dissect a paragraph into something. And so I just put it all together. Um, I, don't, I, I assume that people go and look at truckerdesiree.com because every post I make, I, I put a link to my website. And all of that information is over there. But a lot of people want me to lead it. To, they want me to give it right to them. And this is very time-consuming for me. I work full days every day. So there it is, you know. And it's quite I mean, I work, I work. I work full days every day, too. I mean, we both work at the same company. But as far as Greg's comment you, as far as your your um, case. Did, did it you was read all of Greg's posts? Did you read all of Greg's oh, yes. posts me where and, he wanted to know? Me and, me and Greg are very much in contact because okay, he would be well, on the then, phone right now, but he's on his way to St. Louis. Okay, well, then, then you should know that both of you have been very persistent to find out all kinds of details when it's very easy to click my web link there and read everything that's on my WordPress. It's very easy to find. I'm all over the Internet. Well, so I know you you're all over. Google Trucker Desiree, and you can find me in a number of articles. So to keep coming and posting the same questions over and over in a repetitive manner, it's taking an enormous amount of my time to have to go to get those links and feed them to you. So I'm sorry that you didn't like that I put it all in uh, the post together, but I have got very little spare time right now to um, respond to every single person that writes me. And a lot of the people that write me want support and they want help to find a direction for resources from their self. They're not trying to, um, you know, uh, try to sort something out out of a story. They're actually trying to find resources to be successful in their own navigation of this whole student trucker thing. Okay. And for me, that's more important. Okay, here's my thing. None of us, me, Greg, Casey, none of us speak for Covenant, nor have we ever spoken for Covenant. But we will say this. What you said on Damn Rather, we agree with it. We've never said we didn't agree with it. Now, what you say in your story on the family life of a lady trucker, some of it we do and some of it we don't agree with. 
Now, we do know who you're talking about. That is obvious. You, you sat here and said it's just characters and they're fictionalized. No, they're not. We know who you're talking to. I have talked to several of the people. They know who you're referring to. But that's besides the point because anybody who does a book, a story, a movie, whatever, they always put a disclosure statement on it stating that the names and the characters have been changed to protect the innocent or whatever. Now, as far as Mick making a comment about my education and not me not knowing what I'm doing, yes, I do know what I'm doing. I used to work for an attorney. I wouldn't do anything that crosses legal lines. That is one thing I can tell you about me. Now, all we're doing is trying to do is show people that there are two sides story that you have put out here. Now, yes, I have Googled you. I have done everything. I am a researcher. I research everything. And before I put a comment on it, I done did some research in it. Now, Greg, yes, he's asked for your testimony in the legislation, not in your actual great case. He wants to see the testimony that you gave for the bill. I read the bill, both of them, today and yesterday again. Are you there? Yeah, I'm just like, you know, I don't know where this is all going, but what does this either. have to do? I don't what, either. What we're trying to make is you're talking about. You're trying people, to make something out of nothing. No, I'm not. There is a book called Moby Dick, and there is a book called The Whale Ship Essex. Moby Dick is about as big as four inches, but it's based on the whale ship Essex, which is about one inch. It's the same story. It's just more elaborate because Herman Melville really wasn't on the whale ship Essex. He just took the story and he made a story from the person that actually lived it. Now, if you feel like there should be a disclaimer at the top to accommodate you, I will put one there. But I have been doing this for over a year, and I have said this over and over, and our company has read this story for months before this Dan Rather report. This was not a surprise at all. And there are people from our company management who are listening to this show tonight. Who have their hands tied at our company who want changes and are not getting the changes made upstairs. So there's a lot of people who are very grateful someone else has come in from the outside and put a, a light kind of on this situation to kind of say this is happening here. So if you want to split hairs about something that's actually very insignificant to the whole story, you're sort of wasting my time because this thing has sort of grown into an enormous outside of our company, into the industry, into women's um, issues in the industry. It has really nothing to do with my story anymore. Okay, well, your story is a vehicle I don't think that you understand that I was used as a vehicle to open a discussion about trucking, and I am actually irrelevant to the entire thing, but I was used to capture story in the media. Do you understand that? 
Actually, Desiree, yes, we do understand that you were used for this whole purpose. Trust me, we understand it. Trust me, we see it. The whole point of the matter is I've been at this company going on six years. I've seen everything they've done to everybody from in-house to out-house to all the drivers. We go through it every day. But your story to newcomers in this industry is two-sided. If you're going to give facts, give facts. We're talking about women coming into trucking and their safety and new students. Can I just separate? I mean, you got to include men too. Y'all are okay, separating. Okay, you're kind of going off. I think you're going off base a lot here because if you if you had been with me and Alan and Donna and all of this from the beginning of this whole journey and everything, all of the shows that we've done and all of the topics that we've covered, you would know that we've covered so many different aspects of all the different kinds of student truckers, you're kind of coming in at the tail end of the end of the story and trying to start us at the beginning again. We've done a number of radio shows. We've done a number of projects. We've, we've gotten involved in so many different things from natural gas to getting the two-hour time limit taken down in Virginia to, I mean, just so many things we've gotten pulled in so many different directions. And we talked about so many different topics. So when you're coming in in the tail end, you're almost wanting to take us back one year from when we first began and want to rehash something that you don't understand, but everybody else understands. Because they have a database of newsletters, and because Alan's got such a huge following of students that he deals with every day, you're giving me a lot more credit than I do. Because Alan is actually the one that when somebody has a question, you know, we've talked about uh, uh, men being abused sexually by a male trainer, uh, same gender, transgender. We have covered the gamut in this thing. So it doesn't even, and it doesn't even have anything to do with just sexual harassment. It has to do with just plain harassment, just plain people bullying you and conducting psychological warfare on you. You have so, to understand where the rest of us are coming from. None of us knew about this until the message was sent on our Qualcomm. Now, if we would have known about this, I'm sure we would have followed you a year ago. That was, but that was not people upstairs knew. So, I mean, upstairs knew and they read it. The ones of us who are coming into this now. It will take us time to catch up on it. Okay. But we're Let just, me just we're tell just you that our, our, our resigned vice president of operations knew about this for a very, very long time. And there's a number of people upstairs who have read every single word of this. So the persons that you should really, really be going upstairs and saying, why is this not resolved, are the people upstairs because they have read this thing inside and out. What you should see from all of this is that the ATA's reaction to me pretty much stuck a, stuck a foot in their mouth so deep that it puts my CDL school and our company in opposite 
opposite corners from the ATA. That's what you should really see from all of this. That's how hard it smacked them upside their head and caught them off guard. It really doesn't have anything to do with that story anymore. I personally don't really care what the ATA or OIDA or anybody women in fucking have to think about anything. What I care about is when I am training a student that when they leave a fucking school that they're taught what they're supposed to be taught. And when they're reading your story, they get one-sided story. If they want to know what schools to go to, what companies to go to, personally, me, I would go and research it. I would go to truck stops, ask truck drivers, what is this industry like? What companies do you like? I mean, I was in a truck stop in Indianapolis, Indiana, and a woman was standing at the fuel aisle questioning drivers as to, She's getting ready to enter this field. Want to know what companies were good, what companies were bad. She asked us, she asked uh, U.S. Express, she asked all kinds of company drivers. And do you think that opinion. that's a good method? If you want to get your answer, yes. Well, this and, isn't about. Who are you going to part of what we're doing? Okay, everybody's mic is muted, so if you're talking, you might as well stop because nobody can hear you. They can only hear me. Uh, so what I'm trying to get in on here is what a lot of people see. I mean, it, it's being taken personal. I've got people in the chat room, uh, Mac Driver 48 uh, he says, who cares about individuals at Covenant? It's not about Covenant. And he says, well, I get the point. Men, women, it's about everyone. He gets the point. This isn't about covenant. It's not about one particular company. It's about exposing what is going on out there in the trucking industry and the abuse that some of these students are taking. I don't need to go stand at a truck stop and ask truck drivers what's good and what's bad. I've been in it 32 years. I don't need to ask. I know. But what's getting me here is that it's, 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 we're talking about covenant. This isn't about covenant. It's about other companies, about other things that are going out, that are going on in the trucking industry and has been going on for years. Okay. Mike's open. I understand that you're saying that, and it isn't about Kevin. It isn't about J.B. Hunt. It isn't about Snyder. It isn't about Swift. It is about everybody. But and you also have another blog on there, Active Trucker, that I've responded to because somebody asked me, how can you make um, – it's safe for students. You can't make it safe for just students. You have to make it safe for everybody out here. Have to do what now? You have to make it safe for everybody out here in this industry. I do? No, all of us. Oh, okay. And who so... is responsible to do that? Ultimately, you really want to know who's responsible? Us truck drivers are responsible for that. Us truck drivers are the ones who can make a change out here. Well, but there, but y'all haven't made a change in 50 years. Because nobody is going to come together to do that because they're all worried about fuel surcharge, what they're going to get paid for freight, what they're going to do this, what they're going to do that. Well, now you said you you are right on the money right there with what you said because nobody people, is they won't come together. And, and I understand they're, they're busy trying to make a living and feed their families, but I've been saying for a long time, 
it's really difficult to get truck drivers together. But So you hit it on the nail right there. I agree with you totally. If you can't get truck drivers together, you're not going to make a change out here. You say it every day. He's just delivering a load in Baton Rouge this morning, and a driver who's been out here for 30 years just told me today he was sick of this industry because it's so rough now to make a living. Yeah. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the nail. I know. I wrote a post about that. All the companies work together great. They're a, they're a nationwide team. We just can't get truckers together because, you know, there's, I, you know, we've heard this all before, you know, <clears throat> 4 million CDL drivers, 8 million CDL holders. That's a big, huge voice, and they've got a power that I don't think many of them understand that they have. As far as, as far as sitting here saying none of us get the point, we got the point. Trust me, we got it. And I just keep saying covenant because a bunch of us just refer to covenant because we work there. I know it's not about covenant. It's about everybody. And I wish there was more drivers from covenant who would be on this phone right now because I'm well, sure we all have stories. I mean, everybody has a story from where they work at. Well, I, I sent out the invitation, and you're the one with the uh, courage enough to call in. And on behalf of Covenant, I've never worked for them, but I've, I've, I've got a friend who's worked for Covenant for like nine years and loves the company. So, I mean, I just want yeah, to make I it clear. Say, it's, it's, there are good people in my company. There are – I love the and, – and even the, the dispatcher that I had that was young that a lot of this stuff happened under, I felt bad for him because I could see he was torn between being a young man wanting to climb up the corporate ladder thinking that if he did these things that he was going to get promoted at some point. But in the, at, the, at the end of the day, he knew he shouldn't be doing these things. I'm not I get saw that in him many, many times because we had a lot of personal conversations, and I saw that he was torn because he knew it. And I know from being in the corporate world, you are not going to get ahead. You're going to get thrown under the bus just like everybody else because that's why they make middle managers. They give you a big title. They don't pay you any money. They want you to work 70 hours a week. And it's the same game they do with the drivers. You're going to have the pro- this cat carrot dangling in front of your cart, and you're going to keep chasing that carrot. But you'll never catch the carrot, but it'll keep you moving. And it's the same thing with middle management. So, but the result is what you're doing is you're actually abusing people. You're abusing people who are way, way far away from home. And the only communication they have is beep of that Qualcomm. And they have two people in this little box who are about ready to strangle each other, even in the best situation, because they're both in a panic over paying their bills. So it's really a chaotic, crazy situation. And it is a lot. It's a handful of these truck training companies that are government-funded, and the ATA is important because the ATA is the one who gives them the power to do it. And the, the, the most important thing that came out of the Dan Rather show was the ATA's response was so ignorant. It was so ignorant. It should have knocked Covenant right off of the table 
because how could they bring one more student in the door when the ATA, who represents them, said there is no driver shortage? Why didn't Dan Rather report that? There is a driver shortage. Everybody knows there's a driver shortage. Drivers come a dime a dozen out here nowadays. But I want what I want to get clear to you is everybody who has seen your video here at our company, we agree with you. We do not disagree with you. But the problem in this industry starts with the schools. We all know that. The problem is our students. Because you As really a need trainer. to ask yourself. So a student, before you even join a school, you need to check out your school and you need to advocate for yourself. You know, Kirkwood Community College in Cedar Rapids, Iowa is an excellent truck driving training school. But if you go through Kirkwood's program, that's when it's excellent. If you go through CRST's program, which only takes about eight days, that's when it's very poor. So you really need to advocate for yourself as before you even get into the industry. And this is what needs to be out there. This is where the education okay. needs to begin. The problem with your people who are getting into this industry, first of all, they see a trucking school. It's three weeks. If they don't have a job already, they're all they're going to see is, I can get my CDL in three weeks, then I can go to a company and have a job, making Buku money. You're not going to make Buku money out here your first two years. You'll be lucky to make 30000 your first two years out You'll here. You'll be lucky to make 15000 your first year. So if you're not hearing me, the time saying is before you even go to that school, you need to get your ducks in a row. It took six months before I committed to anything, and I knew 100% what I was getting into. I knew I was going to starve to death for six months month to a year. And I did. I started my first year year. You know, I lost almost everything, but I knew that coming into it. You have so many of these people that call up a trucking company or a trucking school on a Wednesday, and I'll be damned if they're not in school on Monday with no clue as to what they're going to do or where their next meal is from. And that's their own Can you mute me for a minute, please? I have to take a phone call. Okay. Donna, are you there? Well, first of all, I want to, Sherry, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you. Go ahead. Um, I just wanted to say, uh, Sherry, there there isn't a driver shortage. There's just a very high turnover rate. And it's created deliberately the, the the movement of drivers in and out and getting the student drivers in gets moved the freight a lot cheaper. That is so the re- that's something that, that a lot of people inside companies really don't understand, Donna. Really, really. That is something that people, and even in middle management, they are told that. They believe that. They really, really believe that there, there, there is a driver shortage. They really, really are told that. They really tell you, well, you can get a job somewhere else. Just quit. Anybody will hire you. But we know now that, no, that's not true. That's not true. And it's almost a device to get you to shoot yourself in the foot. 
um, I've met people who've left my company and then found out that it was on their DAC that they were in six months of training and that they actually didn't have any over-the-road experience. It was all considered training time, that they were in training for six months. So they had no actual real drive time. And these are all things that you don't find out till after the fact. These are all little tools and tricks. But a lot of the people, I mean, I've even heard people in my safety department say, well, there is a driver shortage. I think a lot of people really believe that there is a driver shortage. Right. Well, one of the, one of the, the biggest uh, emails is when a recruiter, uh, a student will ask the recruiter, well, I've had a DUI. Do I need to put it down? And they'll tell them no. And they'll, they'll pay for the school, they'll go for the training, and then when it's time to get the job, they, they're told, even if they start driving, they're told to get off the truck because they found out they should be walking their path. And in the meantime, now they're out $5,000, and this is probably one of the bigger problems emails we get from people that they're told, oh, you don't need to put that down. That's old. You don't, you don't need to say that. It's not true. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about that. I mean, all these scams and all that stuff goes on. And, uh, I mean, there is no driver shortage. Never was, never has been. It was created by the truck. I mean, I don't want to get into all that because I go through that all the time. But uh, the main purpose of this show is to, um, Desiree, you told your story. This was your story. Uh, and, uh, and, my, and I told my story because I had a suspicion. One, I had a suspicion that if I took the time to tell my story, like, for instance, at my company, everybody will stand around and tell their stories all day long, 24-7. But if you say to them, well, let's all go in there and do something about it, everybody's like, oh, no, not me, uh-uh, no, uh-uh, I don't want, no, 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 not me. And they all disperse, you know. And so it was kind of like, well, what if I just wrote it? And then you could just take bits and pieces as you want. This is, you know, my shopping list. And I should consider the fact that I will be walking through the parking lot to go to the bathroom. All of these different aspects of it. These are all of the the the, the thing how I started it out to include all these different variables that you should consider before you go out there. You know, because there are some people that get the free workforce voucher and they just want a free trip across America. And then when the, when the, the 90 days is up or whatever, you know, they can't take it, then they just go home and they don't care because they just saw the whole United States on um, the U.S. government. So, right. you know, there are people like that that do that. And so that's why when you go to, like Tom said in the, in the Dan Rather show, the people that can't write their name, I felt bad for some of the people at my CDL school who actually, I think if somebody would have helped them just a little bit more, they, they just would have made it, but they just were afraid to ask for help and say, just could you help me with this one question? There's a couple of people I've always thought about that I, 
I wish they wouldn't have waited to the last day to ask me to help them because I would have loved to just say, yeah, I'll help you with that question or whatever. And then there were people who were trying to get uh, me and Anthony to answer their questions while they were texting us from the DMV to get us to answer the questions. And they were really, really trying to slip through those cracks. And we were like, the guy can't even read. Don't, don't help him. You know, he's doing everything that he can cheat so far. So, you know, we don't want, I had a, a girl that's on my dedicated fleet. They put a guy on her truck who could not read any English, and he couldn't read any of the signs. And she was like, oh, he, he can't read anything at all. You know, yeah. what am I supposed to do, babysit him out here? Um, these are the sort, there's people that slip through like that. So it's a multifaceted problem. And and um, that is my story. I could have not, in, in a million years, uh, put every single thing, shred of detail in it. But I did encourage people all along the way. Tell your story. Even when I started my WordPress, if you want to, if you want it like you guys did with me, you said, "Here's a little space. Write your story." And when I got my WordPress, I said the same thing. When people re reached out to me, here's this. You're welcome to write your entire story right here if you want. But very few people have, and the reason is it's very time-consuming. And it's therapeutic, but it also makes you sick to revisit those things. I can say that there's been parts of my story that made me absolutely sick, and there's been long lapses in between installments because it was very hard for me to revisit some of those events and some of those people. Yeah. You know, it was very yeah. painful to write about some of those people because some of those people I really, really cared about, and it was really hard to know that we weren't going to be friends anymore. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Desiree? Uh-huh. When you first started your story, your motive behind it, because you and I spoke, was to share it for other people. It was the desire others to know hid names because you the purpose wasn't to hurt anybody but rather mm -hmm. to help people. Right. And I know when you first started you never thought it was gonna end up like this. I mean no one did. Uh -uh. now it's getting nitpicked as it's not I even wanted relevant. To be, I wanted to be very vague about myself and about the characters because people are very judgmental and they're always labeling. So I did not want any, you know, at the time I wrote it, nobody had ever seen a picture of me. Nobody knew my race. Nobody knew my height, my weight, nothing. Married, single. I was wanted to be extremely vague because I know how judgmental people are, and I met a lot of very judgmental people when I got into trucking. And they were always trying to say, well, she looks like this, so she must be like that. Or, I see this, so this must be this. And I know because, and, I, and, and, I, and that, that kind of labeling, uh, people are very diverse, their personalities. I didn't want to talk about the, um, there were some personality traits that I talked about with my characters, but I, I tried hard not to be uh, as nasty as I could. 
And um, I didn't want to the same with me is for people to go, oh, well, she's this way, so she must be that way, because they're going to do it anyway. Uh, what, I, what my goal was really for people to read it and go, oh, gosh, I never thought about having to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and you're in a little small room with a total and complete stranger. What do you do? What do you do when you're sleeping in a small room with a total and complete stranger and you're having some bodily function issues that night and you're parked really, really far from the bathroom? Then what do you do? I wanted people to start using their imagination and their own imagery to put themselves in lots of different situations and scenarios and to take a piece of paper and go, oh, I would never do that. Or that would be okay with me. Um, I'll just, you know, make sure I have these supplies with me or whatever. That's really how it started out. Because, honestly, um, the day that I started writing that was when I was on my, I think my first trip, I think I was in Laredo, Texas, and I was going on my dedicated um, fleet, and my dispatcher is just, I've probably talked to him eight times in a year. He sends me my loads. They're all pre-assigned. Everything runs like a well-oiled machine. Nobody bothers me. My Qualcomm never beeps. Nobody bugs me about anything. And um, it's great. It's all planned. There's no mishaps. There's no mix-ups. There's no somebody forgot to do this. There's no poor planning. I'm never having to rush. I'm never freaking out because I'm going to be late or, or, you know, any. I don't have any of that anymore. It's like a totally different company that I work for. So for, for myself, there was no reason whatsoever that I needed to write that story at all. Plus, I've met a lot of very, very wonderful people at my company. I do the Toys for Tots. I did the blood drive. I go to the Safety Blitz. I chitty-chat with people. And I really enjoy some people that I've met at my company. Uh, but I see that a lot of people's hands are tied. And there's a lot of things they want to say, and there's a lot of things that they hope will change, and they never change. They never change, and they don't know what to do. Well, this is, this is, and this is what I want to bring up, and what people don't understand, um, especially the people within your company who are kind of nitpicking. You could have enjoyed now your nice little uh, life, no problems, and just let it all go. And, and the idea that it's almost the same idea by Alan, what he did. I mean, he was enjoying a nice life going through all the, the hard stuff and figured it all out. But there's that piece of you that wants to help other people. Yeah, uh-huh. it's, uh, it's the idea, okay, yeah, my life's great now, but why should anybody have to go through what I went through? Yeah. I don't want to. And that was a that people don't get. And, yeah, and there's, I, there was added responsibility to me because not only was I running into new students in my company that had that kind of look on their face like I had at one time, like a drowning man, like, please help me, please, please help me. Will you please tell me something so that I can get through this? I had an added something that laid on my mind, and that was when the economy tumbled – 
and I saw that the trucking industry was positioning itself to say, oh, there's no jobs in the whole United States. Guess what? We have a driver shortage. We got tons of jobs. And, 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 it, and all it is is this big game to take all this government money and get all these people workforce vouchers and these people that are like can still qualify for a loan and get them a loan and then get them in the truck and then they work really cheap and then they starve out the people that are, uh, you know, already put their dues in. This this big, and I just kept, it was keeping me up at night going, they're going to totally use these people. Because I think when the economy crashed, nobody really knew how bad is this going to crash. Are we going to be going to soup kitchens? Is this going to be like the Great Depression? And the only industry that we're going to have in the United States that has jobs is the trucking industry is going to come and say, guess what? We have tons of jobs. Get a workforce voucher and come on down. And that's what I saw, what they were going to do. And they would do it, they would do it with no conscience and without batting an eye that they knew that they were going to bring these people into this situation when these people were already hurting, losing their homes, losing their cars, um, already in a state of duress. And And because I just lost everything in my life, everything, 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 it is... Uh, quite it's an adjustment to come to grips in your own life and say everything I have ever worked for in my life is gone I have nothing left it's a major identity crisis and it's very hard to get up and go okay but I still have me even though I don't have all that stuff anymore I'm, I'm still me and people still like me, and I can get new stuff. But it takes a good deal of time to get to that point. And and I've met a lot of people um, on Twitter who are experiencing this, like at a grander level, that were you know pretty high you know um, corporate level that are experiencing this. But it was it was really eating at me when I saw that the trucking industry was actually positioning itself to capitalize on these suffering people. And that's what made me um, start taking all of the different angles in the story and wanting to bring it over to women in trucking because the women who are single like me, empty nesters that don't really have a support system, they don't really have anybody to, to call out to. And the one thing I kept going to my company and saying, and I just went through all my emails yesterday and looked at all the emails, I said, isn't there any single women? Doesn't anybody have a list of single women that I could team up with? I can't tell you how times I wrote and called and asked, why don't you have any way for me to network with other women? I knew that there were other women getting off trucks at all of our terminals, but why wasn't anybody letting me find them? And when I did find them, it was usually the day that that woman had had just enough and popped and just said, I cannot take it here anymore. I'm going home. F these people. They're these are these are terrible people. I'm going home. And some of those some of those women I kept in contact with for a few months, and some of them I didn't. But I knew there was a good deal of them. There was a lot of them, and all the stories were the same. 
and that's when I really started going, this is a major problem. And um, and then I went to Women in Trucking, and then that whole fiasco broke out. And and then it really, then it really started motivating me more when I started seeing that there was actually a cover up. There were actually women moderating other women who dared even speak about these things. And now with the bullying in the workplace um, video, we see that perhaps this is even a deeper issue than we ever imagined. Perhaps, I don't even want to say right now, but it's looking pretty ugly. There's so many aspects going on now. You, you know, you've got you've got your CDL uh, schools. You've got the the training that's inadequate. You've got cover-ups. You see, there's so many facets to the problems uh, that we keep kind of you know hitting one and going to another. The cyber shortage. If you really look at this, this entire picture. There's a lot of problems and issues that need to be addressed. It's almost such a complex web of deceit that it seems to be that they have spent a lot of time um, putting all these little strategies together um, to the point where it's it's such a mess to unravel. But you know what? we've We've seen the end of the banking. And the insurance industry, and you know, we're we're trying to get a grip on our medical industry. The trucking industry has never been shaken to its roots before. No. And it really needs to. They need to turn them upside down and shake them by their ankles and clean this mess up. Because what they're doing right now, when our our country, our country, the United States of America, and people are suffering. If you're taking advantage of American workers who are already suffering, how dare you? And that's what really is driving me now to go after and and, and uncover all of this mess. And that's why fiber should be together right now and not nitpicking yes. all this little, you know, like your story, to nitpick on that, concentrate on the whole picture mm-hmm. and, and, and and bond together. I've seen that on the forums. It looks like the drivers are bonding together now and saying, yeah, you know, we've known it a long time, and what do we want to change? This is our chance. We have the national attention. We have mm-hmm. someone who's going to listen to us. What can we do? What can we say? And this is when they have to speak out, when there is national focus and attention. It was, oh, Ida, I believe you said, if you had national attention, what would you want to change? And this is everybody's chance. So not to pick with one another, not to argue, just what do you want to make better? All the whining and complaining that goes on in the forums, okay, here's your chance. Let's uh-huh. do it. But, you know, you know, in the first few days, that that ATA response was posted in a manner to um, create an argument. But I think that it really turned around, and people started really seeing that. Yeah, this is your opportunity to be heard because I gave those links to the Dan Rather producers. 
They know that on one of the trucking forums. I don't know if they know it on the other trucking forum, but I have given all of the links where all of these discussions are going on to the Dan Rather producers, and they have watched all of the controversy and all of the conversations, all of it. And so you do have, you might not know that you're getting watched right now, but you're getting watched. So if you have 15 minutes today to write about something, are you going to write about me or what the problem is? And that's really what people should be taking away from this. Exactly. Yeah, let let me jump in here. We're about out of time. So, and that's that's exactly right, and that's what we've been trying to do, Desiree. That's what you're doing. You just kind of jump. You just got yourself into a bigger can of worms, but it's a can, <laughs> a can of worms that needed to be open because, like we've been saying, uh, these things are going on in the industry. And uh, let me just get everything here closed, coming to uh, coming to an end. Let me get this down here because I'm having a little interference here, but. But that's what we've been saying now for five years. Desiree, you came along, and being a woman and being out there, 